right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And the man we have on today needs no introduction, but we're going to do it anyway. Because, uh-huh. <laughs> man, dude, when you think about builders, there's a couple names that just, you know, stick out. That just, you know, way up here and us other guys sit on the curb and clap when they go by. This is one of those guys. Yeah, man. I mean, just think about, uh, you know, any kind of award you could get at SEMA, Autorama, good guys. You know, everything from Street Rider Triple Crown, Top 10 Ever on Hot Rod, Battle of the Builders. Riddler. Absolutely, dude. And this is a huge hint, uh, kicking some ass and taking some names on the Salt Flats. Yeah, man. Yeah, Bonneville. That's where I first saw Troy. And I got to tell you, as a guy who loves Salt Flats, been to Bonneville, you know, 12, 15 times. Um, watching the blowfish. Yes, sir. Uh, you being a Mopar guy, having a barracuda in the arsenal. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, look what they're doing. And then I found out the power plant. You yeah. Know, like, that, nah, that can't do it on a force. So just shut the front door. And you just cheer for them. It was just magical being a, a fan of Salt Flats and just hot riding and racing and helping my friend build a car uh, that we raced out there. Just knowing what that is and what that requires and just how far those guys have pushed the envelope and the fact he had his hands just elbow deep and some of the coolest cars that I've just dreamt of on the sidelines like oh my god I'm here to witness you know the blowfish and you know 300 plus miles an hour and here we are talking to a guy that you know was all up in it man yeah if you haven't figured out Troy Chapanier from Rad Rides I mean this guy is probably one of the top fixtures and hot rod building and he's you know kind of morphed his way over into the racing world and you know I, I kind of put him in you know he's he's kind of right up there in the chip foosish kind of range you know and i say chip kind of leans more into the art with function coming next and i think uh troy would never leave function off the table that guy is all performance all the way but he brings the art he brings the sophistication the elegance and a mix of total badassery um so 
I don't know, man. There's nothing we can say that's going to outshine his light. So let's grab a break and let's come back with Troy. What do you think? Amen to that, brother. Come <laughs> on. Let's have some fun. <laughs> All right. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. Kevin Bird, Willie B, back with Troy Trepanier. That's right. Just a minute. Hang on. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie Bead. And let me give you this scenario, Bird. It's kind of funny. I'm out in South Flats. I forgot what year it was. Uh, I used to just always get out there. And uh, it's just the, it, it, the whole thing just bleeds. It's marinated in old school hot rod vibes and coolness and rat rods and, you know, performance and trying to go fast and all that angst that comes with that. So I'm passing through crowds. And obviously at the Blowfish and George Poteet's, you know, big massive rollout tent the things are hopping it's it's crazy these guys are always trying to crack records um and there's a little discussion in the crowd the buddy i'm there with is like uh that's troy troy trepanier troy trepanier and they were fighting amongst them trying to figure out how to pronounce his name that's the dude behind the blowfish and that there's poteet and he's just one of those names that back in the day you just heard of uh when you saw him at sema it's just like ooh, it's like mufasa say it again <laughs> troy trepanier <laughs> mufasa yeah man troy welcome to the podcast brother it's great to have you on man awesome man thank you i like your background man you got some cool rides in there yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of hard work over the years, man, and it's a good uh good area for me to well get the car energy. Got some old schools and some. I'm mainly a muscle car guy, so uh yeah, it's my it's my backyard, my friend. Amen uh, to that. <laughs> you know, dude, you got such a a crazy robust history in hot riding and just you know bringing so much performance stuff and just really an art to the scene that you know you don't find uh, just anywhere. How does that feel, man? How does that over the years, like when you get up in the morning, what's it like knowing that you could build whatever you want, knowing that you got, you know, all these people relying on you to come up with some crazy creative, but you always do. Well, you know, it's been a, it's been a long road and a fun road and it definitely, we're at the fun part, you know, cause we got the great customers. I mean, if you did a top five customer list in our industry, I probably got the top four. So we're uh, very lucky and that's just been a lot of hard work and, uh, and, you know, it's, they make us look good. I got the guys here and the, the equipment. We can pretty much do anything now. And uh, when you got a free rain, a lot of times, you know, that's, that's what you see. What's rolling out of here is uh, a lot of uh, escape from the ordinary. You know, you're only limited by your imagination. And it's a lot of fun being able to work like that. Now, you know, been through the ups and downs of car building, the give and take all through the years. But um, it's, been, uh, it's been a lot of fun now. And, and it's uh, just a challenge every day now. Now the biggest problem we have is just – satisfying ourselves and you know hope trying to get more done every day well it's got to be tough when you just keep raising the bar like at some point it's just sky high and you're like man i don't know if i can make that jump you know that's you got it bird we, we uh create our own problems for sure you know it's like everything's brain surgery and what that really affects is hiring people you know we uh there's 10 of us here and i've had probably the 80 percent of them guys for at least you know some 10 some 20 years and they understand the process and they're good at it. And it's hard to get the new passionate guy in here now because everything we're doing is so damn trick. It's hard to 
teach and train and still try to get something done. But uh, um, we're always looking for passionate young guys, but it's, it's getting harder to find. So on that note, like, uh, let's say somebody's interested in getting in this business. Cause I think all you guys started somewhere, whether it's, uh, you know, Boyd Coddington shop or, you know, Fuller worked for Foose or somebody's working yeah. for you, you know, what would you kind of instill in somebody that would want to walk in your door and say, dude, give me a try. What, what, what are you looking for? And what do you expect out of somebody like that? You know, passion, obviously that's the key bird. You guys are car guys that this ain't no 40 hour job. Everybody, you know, that's one of the first things I bring up, you know, this ain't about 40 hours. Just, uh, you gotta like what you're doing and uh, be able to get along with people. And that worked really good in the beginning and, uh, looking for passionate guys. And, uh, like Jared, when he showed up, you know, he didn't know much, but he had the passion and the fire for it. So, you know, give him a chance and it, and it turned out now the problem is a little bit, we're looking for guys that are a little more, a little more skill set. So we're looking at the guys from, you know, I got several guys from, um, uh, the colleges, you know, obviously McPherson and, and uh, Wild Tech both. And now we bring them in, try them out for two weeks and see what they have and, you know, what kind of skill set can they get along with guys and, and everything. But just, you know, being confident in yourself, being honest. And uh, when you come like to a shop like this, because, you know, we're going to we're going to put it in front of you and see what you can do. Yeah, and around SEMA time, someone that doesn't need sleep for six weeks, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> we're, you know, we're getting better at that finally. You know, I mean, our normal week, a normal week is 60 hours, and that's okay. That's that's pretty easy. And if I'm home and not at a ball game or something, and I'm here seven days a week messing around because I like to do it. But, um, you know, we're trying to get a little better, and we, we never push nothing. That's what I tell the young guys, you know, is when you're building these cars, these young guys have shops. And they go, well, you know, what, what's the most important? I said, quality, never sacrifice quality. It doesn't have to be trick, you know, or, or over-engineered, just never sacrifice quality. The last thing you want to do is stand there and make excuses for what you brought the whole time. Yeah, amen. Do you ever, you know, you being on the scale that you're on, you've seen all this incredible just artwork and, you know, all the people that you compete against. You ever walk through a normal, just random Saturday car show that you happen upon and maybe you're recognized, maybe you're not, but you ever see something from an ordinary person, a weekend warrior that, that, that's inspiring, that impresses you, that kind of like blows you out of the water? Like, that's pretty trick. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's a good point because that's where you'll find a lot of the better stuff because maybe that guy's not caught up in the scene as much, you know, in the, maybe, you know, whether it's social media or on the internet, looking at everybody's shop or their websites and so on, they're just on their own little garage doing their thing, you know, and that's where some of the better, fresher ideas are from, you know, and, and a lot of times you go up on a car and you, it may not be the whole package, but you might see something. I'm like, man, that's pretty bitching. And, but they missed on the rest of it. So you just take that and run with it. And it looks like you reinvented the wheel. We've always done that. And then looking in different industries and, and really our biggest thing here is, um, you know, I made the joke about not being good with the cell phone or computer and stuff. Cause we're not, most of my guys are, we never go to the internet looking for anything as far as style design or anything like that. So we try to keep it, whatever's coming out of here is hopefully what's coming out of our head. We haven't seen it before and that's getting tougher to do, you know, cause there's a lot of great guys building cars and yeah. there's so much information out there. It's uh, it's tough not to go somewhere and look like everybody else. I think you see the difference in the cars that people are building. I still see a lot of old cars and a lot of muscle cars, but they're they're the ones that got picked over, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s probably. And people are going back going, 
hey, you know, like like you with your 59, you know, Plymouth wagon, I think I read yeah. about. You know, that's something kind of extraordinary. Like, you know, if you had one car you could build or you kind of wanted to, it would be something oddball like that. I think people are finding those. You know, that's a good point. You know, and, I, and that's how I started my career. I, I like the weirder stuff and, you know, with the 60 Chevy and the Rambler wagon, the 50 Buick, all that stuff I built back in the early 90s for myself. And it, it really got me a long ways on a, let's say, a lesser talent, lesser budget to start because the cars are so unique that helped. And, and I and we're still that way today. I still, I hate doing anything twice and we still like to pick on more odd cars to start with. Cause it's just the end results a little more exciting. Well, I think, you know, you, your approach and just your skill level and everything you bring to it is different. If you take any other builder, you know, most other builders, not in this class and you have them build some of these oddball cars. Yeah. They're going to have a nicely painted reef, you know, refurbished, whatever, uh, goofy ass car and you're gonna go yeah nice car dude uh-huh. you know yeah. but you kind of you don't just go in and uh rebuild a car you don't do some custom stuff you kind of reimagine it right bird what i think you got a good point there and what happens is a lot of these guys builders that, that have more than they have the ability but they try to put their look their same look to every car so no matter what the body style is so if you had 100 cars out there you could you know look if whoever it is it's billy's hot rods you could pick out Billy's hot rod stuff because he's putting the same look on everything. We try to let the car tell us what it wants a little bit. And I say that often and people are like, what the hell are you talking about, right? But you, we'll get, we don't work off renderings very much at all in the beginning. You know, we got a plan in our head. We'll get going and we'll kind of let it tell us what it wants a little bit. And a lot of times we'll do stuff that, you know, like 55 Chrysler I did a long time ago, spoke wheels. I'm not a spoke wheel guy, but that car needed them. You know, and whether it's white walls or wood grain or, different stuff you gotta you can't lose the car you started with i think that's what happens to most guys they start changing it so much that two things happen they lose it and that the average guy can walk up and see everything they changed because they missed mm, it it's interesting. well it's funny when you say they change too much because there's probably not anything on any of your cars that you haven't changed you know right. but it's how you go about changing it sometimes yeah. it's subtle yeah. it's moving a line it's just changing a proportion a little bit Right. So, yeah, if you go and just alter the thing in all sorts of goofy ways, it might not come out right, but somehow you've got an eye, you guys over there have an eye, uh, you know, for taking, let's say, the base, uh, you know, silhouette, this base design stripped down, reimagining that somewhat, and then rethinking everything that you, you know, layer back onto it. So it all kind of. Our biggest, our biggest compliment is if somebody comes up and asks what we did to it. <laughs> you know, then you've done it right, right? Yeah. Nothing's jumping out at you. And and we do. We That's like as far as we talked earlier about challenging yourselves and making it harder every time, that's what we do. We This 41 Chevy we're building for West Rydell right now is probably the pinnacle of that. I mean, we probably have 4,000 hours in the body on the damn thing. We started with a four-door, made it into a two-door. But a lot of a lot of this design knows Wes's. He's got an incredible eye for this stuff. And a lot of it he comes – to us with and then adam that works for me they work on the body stuff i do more of the drivetrain but this thing is a four-door turned into a two-door but, but of course we made the roof it's cut it's thinned out the fenders are moved up two inches front and rear i mean the doors are light it's a two-door made into a four-door but it's a lengthened mm -hmm. two-door i mean it's it, everything's moved everywhere yeah and we've got a stock four-door that we're going to bring around with it and park by it that's unrestored just so people, because you can still see the car in there. I mean, it's in there, but you'll be like, holy shit, they move a lot of stuff, you know, but, but there again, moving everything a quarter inch, you know, everywhere. Yeah. It's the essence is there, but none of yes. it is really there. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you ever get done with a build and miss it? Through all the years, are, are there cars that or builds that were so personal to you and your team that that you hate to see them go or you wish you had got rid of or um, you just miss and think about? Yeah, a little bit. You know, there's been a few through the years that are, you know, I've been, I'm more of a, we're doing all these artsy fartsy cars here. It seems like the last 10 years, but I'm a street machine guy still, man. Like the Torino we did for George, that's, that's up, up on my, yeah. show, you know, that's a badass yeah. car, dude. Damn. Right. And there, there you go into, there's the deal there where you're going to the like good guys to go for street machine nationals and you go there now and there's a lot of badass cars, but they all look the same. Right. So when we roll up in that, that was nice. It was kind of refreshing to look at the style of how it was done. Um, the chicane is pretty up there too. You know, I like it a lot. And then, uh, um, the, um, Mariani 29, we finished a couple of years ago, the model a, I mean, I'm not, I'm not as much a street rider as I'm a street machiner, but just the torsion bar chassis we built, you know, we built the body from scratch. I mean, as far as a car that drives, it's, it's pretty sick. I mean, and uh, it's off the hook. And uh, I guess if you picked one overall, like the Chrysler for Roger 55, I know I like them all for different reasons for sure, but probably it's a race car, but the blowfish has probably been the, maybe the biggest for us. Cause you're able to utilize it for like 12 years, you know, just change classes and keep bringing it out there and, God, it's so awesome when I see that thing. Oh. Yeah, so when you put the number, you go out there, you know, and the first time I had it out there, you're talking about a little bit, you know, they're like, oh, they brought a show car out here. You know, I'll never forget that. We're going into tech, oh. like, oh, look, they brought yeah. a show car out here. You know, and then luckily we put the hammer on them. <laughs> yeah, those those tech guys are stingy with with passing or not. If they feel like you have a show car, like they'll oh. be hard on you, way harder. Yeah, normally there's two guys looking at each car. There was 10 at one time the first year we brought that out there. <laughs> so it was it was awesome and you know and uh now they're all good friends and they tech us into pits because you know and we built the mariani streamliner and the mariani mariani roadster and helped on george's speed demon so we've got a little better reputation out there now but uh that car has been pretty big for us so how was that first year like getting through like like th- it was did you just eek, eek through did they just pound you no you know, was it all just chatter you know once they started coming over Kevin, they, a lot of them just they really wanted to enjoy looking at it because it was a good different maybe a different approach a clean approach and and uh you know you had george for a customer so i was gonna i mean i'm just gonna do it right regardless but um it was tough they they found a few little dumb things and a lot of their rules are created by things that happen so a lot of them you could sit there and argue with them and they're never going to change your mind but it's silly stuff you know but uh, they found a few things. We fixed them, and then luckily went out and, and set the record the first year, which was pretty Schwing. lucky and incredible. And, yeah. uh, and then had a lot of good – we had good success for a while with the V8. You know, we set a couple records, and Danny went 320 in the damn thing. And, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, several guys have followed us out there now, but they've, they're finding out it's a lot harder than it looks. You know, and as soon as you get confident out there, that's when it kicks you in the ass. And, oh my God, you know, we've yeah. struggled out there lately, and uh, um, we're getting ready to go back out here hopefully at the end of the month for the uh, finals and run our stream Mariani streamliner and, um, and then a new project for doing a flathead project. Oh, wow. Have you run that one before? Yeah. The Mariani liner, we've been kind of shaking it down for a couple of years, had some bad tracks. And then uh, in 18 in October, we had a good track and I think we we're running on, it's a naturally aspirated 420 inch small block. We were running on a 330 record. We went 352. Whew. And um, qualified pretty good, but then it rained that night, and we never got a chance to back it up. So it'll run; it'll definitely uh, run the number. I think it'll probably run the way it's set up right now. If it's really good out there, I'd say it probably run three seventy with this four hundred inch natural aspirated deal, which is pretty fast. Yeah. Um, 
so we'll see. We got our fingers crossed. And uh, um, I tell everybody, if you've never been to Bonneville, you have to experience the World of Speed, Week of Speed, a few of these events they have out there, uh, because it's unlike. If you're a hot rider, if you appreciate cars, it's just an automobile, and and what it takes to push them to the limits. You have got to go because there's old school, uh, just kind of. It's an alchemy of old school rat rods, performance, fast, crazy, you know, drivers and attitudes and energies. It's such, it's such a cool spot. And uh, really, man, seeing you guys out there, uh, it's, uh, that for me was so cool watching you guys bust that record uh, and uh, being able to see that, and you know, done in a Barracuda. I got a 67 Barracuda sit, sitting here in my shop, and I'm like, nice. yes. Uh, it's just kind of cool, man. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the hot rod scene. I mean, that's what George is the one that drug me out there. You know, he's like, you got to get out here. You know, there's, this is, this is hot riding. This is where all the history's at and the records. And he oh, drugged me cool. out there and, you know, what it couldn't be a better guy to drag you out there. That's for damn sure. He, he killed him oh, this God, year in yeah. Speed Week, man. 481 exit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 481, yeah. dude, out the yeah. back doors. 481. I was like, oh. We have a lot of effort in that car. I, I get it every year. And I mean, we did all the, the paint and body work and I built all the hydraulic lift system. We built the wheels for it and a bunch of pieces, but. Those guys work hard, man, and that's one fast dude. Hey, can we, can we tap into your your mind for a minute? Maybe share some knowledge of what you need in an aero package at 470 to 480 miles an hour. We got to take a break right now. Let's come back, wrap your head around that. It'll be a quick break. Uh, and I'll tell you, man, answers to that is going to be exciting because if you don't know, it is unreal what you need. Back in just a minute on the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have on our podcast today the one and only Troy Trepanier. And uh, I got to tell you, whether it's Bonneville, whether it's, you know, seeing cars like Riddler Award winners, seeing cars at SEMA, there is something about his performance uh, slash, I don't know, artwork that comes alive when that ignition fires up uh i'll tell you man if you've never been to vaudeville we're just talking about aero packages and and a blowfish which is an older barracuda but the streamliner they have that troy has a lot of just time in tell us a little bit about that and, and what what are the what are you fighting against when you're you know upwards of 250 350 450 or more you know the streamliners are obviously they're they're more aero friendly than like the blowfish for instance um but the streamliners are like when we built our Mariani liner and George's liner is kind of the same way. There's just a few things like close angles in the rear are important, you know, in the, the CD. I mean, there's a few, few things. There's not as much on those as like the blowfish, for instance. Um, the blowfish, like we went up to the uh, Chrysler wind tunnel and we built it, which was awesome. I mean, that was, I didn't know nothing when I went up there and sure. We spent 40 hours at third shift up there in their wow. Chrysler wind. So wow. it was cool. Mopar into Mopar tunnel. At the time it was only private, car ever in there so i was kind of bitching wow wow that's huge man what'd you, what'd you learn off that what'd you what'd you learn what was the first thing that that showed you know the here's the one thing that i people i, I always show because we spun the blowfish out i don't know maybe about five years ago at 280 and Oof. it spun 12 times over a mile and a half and stayed on the ground so the the little roof rudder the little one inch tall wicker on top of the roof that runs front to back you know and i went up there i thought that was to keep it going straight you know i didn't yeah. have nothing <laughs> so obviously when you that's for going sideways and spoiling the air coming up the side so it doesn't lift the car and flip it oh. and that was the one thing that that uh i tell the story most people when i look at when they're looking at the car i kind of say oh you know i, I talk about that and 
what we learned up there was incredible. We brought it up there in bare steel, put the wind to it, came back, did some modifications, put the car together, went back up there. And I mean, it was a, it's part, it's a reason we got the record and it's a reason that Danny was able to unfortunately spin at 280 and it stay on the ground. I mean, that's in a, in a short stock wheelbase car sideways at 280, it flattened both doors. So as it oh came, flattened the one door, spun around and flattened the other door from the air pressure. You know, because oh. I got up to the car and the doors are flat. And I'm thinking, I know he didn't hit nothing. You know, <laughs> nothing hit. There ain't a lot out there. And the doors are just flat. So, yeah, <laughs> tore the deck lid off, flattened the doors, tore all the skirts off. And uh, it was a, wow. a humbling moment uh, to say that. But And and probably ruined the bottom. Yeah, of the yeah, yeah. I don't know. Danny's damn hillbilly. <laughs> I don't know if he's smart enough. But uh, he he's, uh, he's a good driver. And, and luckily, nobody got hurt. But we learned, you know, you learn a lot. And that's where you really appreciate uh, the guys that we work with in, on the aerodynamic stuff on, on the safety aspect of it. You know, I mean, yeah, it makes it fast, but it made it safe. And, uh, and that was good. And then we did the roadsters. I built the Mariani roadster. And that's a whole other animal because you're really limited in the rule book kind of street roadster class. So they're aerodynamically terrible. They're always going to spin, but we brought that one to the Chrysler wind tunnel also. And, um, we've got a couple Sweet. three records with it so far. They're going to be hard to beat because we twisted the rule book up when we built that car. But I'm into the Bonneville stuff. Nice. Yeah, it's it is so it is such a cool feeling to be out there and just watch and see it. You know, just get the whole from the from the viewpoint of a fan and watching the races. And I'm sure your your viewpoint, watching you guys wrench work, trying to get these records, and then being on a team that was out there getting a record in a flathead. Um, it, I've seen a few sides of it, man. It is it's all addicting. It's every bit of it. Yeah, it is. And what I like about most about it, people ask me is it's put up or shut up. We can sit there and tell you how good these cars drive we build and they're this and they're that and all that crap. It's all talk out there. You put up or shut up. And that's, that's what I like about it. You know? And it's uh, it'll humble you. You got like George said, you know, you got to let your actions speak louder than your words. And uh, we're doing a, a flathead project right now for a little roadster. And we're basically reinvented the flathead. We've been working on it for about nine months and we designed a new combustion chamber and built the cylinder heads here, built the intake here swap the intake and exhaust valves around a lot of stuff been done in the past on the flathead stuff but we've kind of brought it to another level another level it's injected i think on a with the hop-up stuff in a day a flathead you might have made 70 to 90 horsepower yeah. we're trying to get 300 out of it so it's on gasoline wow. naturally aspirated so we doubled the uh, like a aftermarket good head in the day was like 70 cfm we got 100 we're up to 150 cfm on our combustion chamber so but it's been a, a massive undertaking, to say the least. And we're gonna, we might have it ready to run here at the end of the month. We're getting close. Wow. Are you still like rules, like a three main crank kind of thing? Are you constrained in all those different yeah. ways? Or uh, no, the day, on that class, bird, where uh, you got to use a Ford block, and the valves have to stay in the block. Okay. You can do anything else. So we switched the intake and exhaust around because the the J hook uh, on a basically the intake on a, on a normal flathead's a J hook. It's a terrible. Um, uh, deal so we uh switched them around move the valves over move the valve seats develop the develop the damn combustion chamber we were making uh, we made them out of acrylic you know made like five different ones and flow benched each one got it to 150 so then when you gain the cfm you got to be careful because you lose all the compression so we we got it at a, a we split the split the bar everywhere and then then we made the cylinder heads and like i said it's a uh, Jessel made us a backwards camshaft, one-off wow. overlifters. I mean, it's uh, it's a, it's his trick. I thought the little four-cylinder we did had a lot of work in it back in the day, and it does. And that's my favorite engine of all time by far. 
but this, as far as just the amount of work in engineering, it's uh, it's we've got a ton of time in it, and it's uh, we'll see. I think we got the right package, but it's it's trick looking. As a, as an engineer and a guy that builds, you know, performance based cars, loves racing, obviously likes to go fast. Is, are there any new cars that you get in? And that impresses you? Because, you know, you definitely push the horsepower and, you know, performance limits. Are there any new cars that go, wow, wow, damn, that's damn impressive? You know, what's pretty amazing with the new stuff is how efficient they get the power. You know, the transmissions and everything, because you'll get in something that's 400 horse and get after it. You're like, son of a gun, this thing's fast. You know, but it's only yeah. 400 horse. But they're super efficient. My wife has a, a 2019 Audi RS5 Sportback, and it's a little yeah. twin turbo V6. You know, it's pretty snotty for what it is. I think it runs 170 from the factory. Um, they're pretty cool. But I'm into these. We're doing, uh, uh, now that you brought that up, I, I did, George did a Ford GT. We painted it, did some wheels for it and all that. That's a very impressive car, the new Ford Ooh. GT. We yeah. did a gold one for him with stripes and made some knockoff wheels. And it's a bad piece. But uh, we're doing a little a um, four-door 61 Brookwood wagon right now for George, just a little driver. And it's a. We did up a chassis with Morrison and then put all our little touches to it. But 8,000-mile survivor car, we're not going to paint it. We're going to just patine it. But it's a 376 LSX single turbo, 4L80. So it'll be a, it'll be a fun little fun drive. Nice. A little sleeper. Yeah, 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 a little sleeper out there. Now, let me, let me ask you, you, you know, after you, you know, built all these just badass hot rods, just all kinds of cool you know, customs and everything else. And then you get into the racing, get into Bonneville. Do all those kind of, I don't know, hot rods that are just off the charts, off the scales, do they just kind of go, eh? Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's uh That one doesn't go 400. Yeah, none of, them are, none of them are peppy like that. But we try to bring like that 41 Chevy that we're doing for Rydell right now, the four-door, two-door thing. That's got a stroked LT1, the new inject, you know, direct injected motor, but it's a Lingenfelter 417. And I built a set of 180-degree equal-length headers for it. So it, uh, uh, it made 650, 650 NA. That's just a little driver car. So that's cool. And 10-speed transmission. Yeah. And then George's turbo wagon. And then we're doing another 50-olds tin Woody. And it's got a uh, 427 Lingenfelter long block in it, you know, twin turbo. Um, so we're, we're definitely trying to – we keep pumping all the performance into the street cars. So they're, they're a lot more fun to drive for sure. But it's still not, still not 400. Right. Yeah, yeah, nothing can touch that, man. <laughs> you ever get blown away by, you know, because hearing you speak and just, you know, stepping out and looking, you know, from 10,000 feet, hearing you talk about all these, you know, this turbo, this boosted, this made 650, 650 in a, you know, all this performance crazy, you know, out of out of bounds type car builds. Uh, do you ever see something comes in your shop and, and I don't know, somebody wants done like a, you know, a badass LS next and a 70 Mercedes or something that, that, you know, they want your touch to it. Something like, can they ask you to build something that you, even you get kind of blown away by? Like, Hey, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Once in a while, you know, we get some, we're actually got a couple coming, uh, two of them coming up. One's kind of been done a lot, but not the way we're doing it. The other one hasn't been done. And, uh, just so I don't forget this point here with all the Mopars, our 66 Belvedere that we built. I'm sure you're aware of that car, the, oh, yeah. the blue twin turbo Hemi. Yep. You know, we set the the uh, standing mile ECTA record 209 in the standing mile. That's a legit piece. I mean, that is a legit piece. If you guys ever around, I'll give you a ride. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's a badass car, dude. And it here's the best, 4,800 pounds, right? It's a tank, eight-inch wheel. We did Hot Ride Drag Week three, four years ago. Average 970, 150. And then we set that 209 <laughs> record. So that's a legit car. But as far as oddball stuff like we got coming up, we're doing a um, 
we're doing a 36 Roadster, which the guy we built the Riddler car for, Ross Myers here back in 07. We're going to take a 36 Ford Roadster, but we're going to do it fenderless. And nobody's done that. I mean, we've looked hmm. everywhere. That car relies on the fenders. So we're going to end up, we've got a, Adam works for him, did a sketch. We're going to have to build the body from scratch, but um, it'll be a 36 Ford Roadster, all torsion bar, not for sure some unique engine. And then we're doing a, the next one, another one we have on slate is a 40 Hudson pickup. And we're taking the fenders off and making it look kind of like the, we're doing a torsion bar chassis, kind of like that, like a sprint car truck almost of the day, but a 40 Hudson we're starting with torsion bar with a 1936 v12 twin turbo cadillac engine nice so it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty pretty sick from the distance you know you're kind of up on you're like what the hell is that right it's a 40 hudson truck with the fenders off of it kind of sprint car looking then you open the hood and it's got a a, a v12 old v12 caddy with a little twin turbo on it so you know you talked about not really working much with renderings is that just in the beginning stage while you're playing around and then you kind of render it up or do you just not really rely on that a lot and you just have it all floating around in your head? Yeah. A lot of times, Kevin, we've done it different ways over the, in the past. Like when I did the sniper, that was just some loose sketches me and Chip talked about and he literally napkin sketched it. And then we actually, people seen this poster of it all done a sketch and that was done after the car was done, you know? Um, but a lot of times we just, we just kind of have an idea and we'll, we'll start going on. We can see it. And we'll, we'll get it to a point and then we'll look at it and let it, like I said, let us, it'll tell us what it wants a little bit. Some of these guys where they make the mistake is there's a lot of great designers out there. They may have them draw it up and render it. And then they try to stick to it. You know, and it's like a blueprint from the beginning mm-hmm. and they turn out okay. But I think sometimes you got to get it to a certain point. Maybe let's say if you got it on the frame table and you're doing all this body crap and you get the right, get the wheel proportions right, get some of the body stuff made. You got to get it on the ground and get away from it and look at it a little bit. I think some guys miss, just personally, I think they miss a little bit because they follow that, that rendering a little too close. Right. Well, I think a lot of us, they, they take it that far, like you're saying, and then they realize, well, I really effed that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's too late now. I guess that's what I'm going to end up with. Whoops. You got it, man. So, but we've got some, you know, we've got, I got a couple guys here that just, we know how to look at, we feel we know how to look at things and, and, uh, and do it that way. So we kind of. We use that. We use, you know, like a sketch or a rendering, just as a uh, idea plate, and we go from there. Yeah, man, that's cool. Yeah, man. I don't know where I land. You know, like so far, I've been kind of <laughs> doing that because I don't really have a big rendering budget or you know whatnot. But sure. at the same time, you're like, man, I'm kind of, I'm kind of hitting a dead end here. I wish someone would just come in with a map, you know, and just follow that the rest of the way right. out. You know, it, you know, and, and that's and it's fun. Some of these customers, the ones we're working for, they know why they're here. And they got a pretty good eye, so they a lot of them. It's not as necessary, you know. Um, when you start cutting these cars up insanely, like this four door and the two door and stuff, uh, like Wes got with Eric Black and had to do some early stuff just to kind of. But I mean, Wes actually cut and paste on his like I don't know if he's got a. He showed it to me on his phone, but he cut and cut and paste a four door and a two door together, and that's what kind of okay. That's that's getting somewhere, and then it just took off from there. I mean, that's how that thing started. I mean, it's. It's, a, it's an insane amount of changing. You know, we made all the trim on it. It's all based off of what could have been. But we made every piece of trim on it and everything. I mean, it's just a, it's really a bitching car. It's, I think it's going to go over pretty well. But it's, it's tough. I mean, everybody's got a different eye. 
to steer off for a second from the the performance stuff because it's so badass what you guys are doing at Bonneville and other and just how nasty some of these machines are. I mean, I, I think Moose gave me a ride back in the Biscayne years ago, and yeah. and uh, I think the Quadraduce, and uh, yeah. I mean that's what 10, 12, 15 years ago, and those yeah. things are so badass. Then your just keeps you know skyrocketing, but really, you know what's at the core is like you said the 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 quality, the craftsmanship. And the details, you have to go to, you know, in one of these big shows and see some of Troy's rides because, I mean, it, it is mind-blowing. And you, the closer you look with the magnifying glass, the more you see these details and the intricate work and stuff that you don't pay attention to. Let's say you're just looking the car all over the place. Hopefully your eye don't really stop because you didn't make something obvious or miss it. And, and it's, it's self-inflicted that we call it, you know, all the pain we put ourselves through. But it's just that's the way that's normal to us you know i mean that's the way it is and that's the way it should be done and and it's not like we don't feel like we're overdoing it or trying to we're, you know we're not just that we're not just doing it to bill hours because trust me we have more than enough to do you know so it's it's just that's just the way it is and um and doing everything in-house with the all the machining and all the metal shaping and all the paint in the body the upholstery that's I, I don't know how you I don't know how these guys can build part of the car and then they send it out and get it done i always did them here but i'd bring guys in to help but now got a good group of guys and, and each car just keeps getting better because of it. One thing I think we're probably, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say we're the best at it is, is the upholstery stuff. Now, if you look at the model A or this Cadillac we just finished last year, Adam does them here. If you had to strip a car down, like not just look at it and judge it, but okay, take all the, if you have a guy, the judges, go take the car apart. Go take all the panels out of it. They could figure out how to take them apart. They'd come apart and they go back on. And, and then strip all the leather off and let's look at the base panels. Oh, I mean, we, yeah. I mean, it's all, yeah. they're all, they're all aluminum, you know, all English wheeled and no low tension fitting. And I mean, the amount of effort that goes into that, it's insane, but nice. boy, it makes a difference. Yeah. And that's nice. the stuff, all that stuff you don't see, right? You can't appreciate it, but like you said, your customer knows it's there, right? Yeah. In the end result. I mean, if I tell them, Hey, I'll go ahead and just pull the door panels off and you know, fix the window motor or whatever, they can get them off because they're made to come on and off. It's a lot of the stuff I've taken apart in the past from other shops. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, urethane, silicone, Christmas tree clips, wood. Right, plastic. right, right. <laughs> you know, you can never get it on or off again. It looks like so yeah you just very, you're over there dropping dollars in a square jar <laughs> like like it's a strip club like uh <laughs> you got it. Uh, so hey I, I i got a question for you man before we run out of time uh you know you talk about all these bills and it's really inspiring watching what you create um is there is there any way that you can forecast like what do you see five years out from now it's cool to see what the trend is now but where do you think hot rod is going to be you know what you do five seven ten years from now with all the epic changes that have just occurred in the last five to ten years you know yeah it's interesting you know obviously the electric stuff's going to start coming around more you know i mean that's right. becoming more more of a thing and that's interesting to me i think it's pretty cool um it's obviously high performance um and then you know obviously these mid-80s camaros and stuff we've been working on this third gen for a long time and and uh, we're getting close to getting to the body shop, and it's so it's so off the charts. It don't matter when it comes out, but there hasn't been a radical, I mean, over the top third gen done. And this one we've been working on for probably ten years. Like we'll work on it for six months, go build three cars, and then come back to it. And I think those that you know, it's going to be interesting to see what these next new body styles are that are going to be coming around and unique. And 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 the street rod thing kind of died a little bit, you know, as an overall maybe, and it's more into the street machines and the. 60s cars and you know i don't know it's gonna be 
it's going to be interesting. I still would like to build a uh, Baja vehicle. You know, I raced it back in 07 with BF yeah. and got the bug, you know, and it's like nice. I'd love to build it. Just any, even if it's a simple class, but just build something here and go race a Baja. I mean, that that's yeah. on my list. Yeah, Hopefully yeah. I get it done. You uh, ran that with Bud, didn't you? Yeah, Bud and Chip and this other guy from Sports Illustrated, and I'm telling you, I was – that was the funniest <laughs> I've ever done, hands down. So <laughs> I had some funny. I heard some good stories yeah, on that. Yeah, really like to build something like that. You know, uh, for sure. Well, calling calling all customers out there that uh, yeah, needs right, a right. badass Baja. My my Mariani guys <laughs> that built the uh, Model A four and the Streamliner and the forty six the Bonneville car. They've got four big rock crawlers, all LS powered. So they're into it. We just just got to take the time to get the plan together and. Uh, That'd be a hoot. So that's, uh, that's oh, definitely on the list. Giddy, yeah, yep. I want to see that one, man. Yeah, I definitely so, want to see that one. I, that's all fabrication. You leave it raw. And I mean, that's, that's right in our wheelhouse. And that's the only like problem. You know, most of the time we try to bring these big jobs out like the Model A and the Torino in the past, bring them out and steal to all the big events and show them in raw, just raw. Cause I think that's where we, we do pretty well. It's too bad. This, this, uh, wheel hub magazine coming out, they've got a probably 10 page article on this, uh, Wes's car all in bare steel it just didn't work out with the COVID and the time frames because it had been nice to haul it around all rocks there's some really nice work on it oh yeah man and that that's really where you guys man shine like no one else to get metal to get a car to get where you want it in perfection with a little yeah. bit of mud yeah yeah no problem yeah to no, get absolutely. it all in just metal bare with nothing to hide it oh man that's like a girl with zero makeup on, right? Yeah, you got it. A girl with zero makeup. You're definitely. showing your whole ass in that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's, <laughs> but it's you know, and then all the machine parts and all that stuff. So it's uh, it's uh, it, it's good. But uh, I just, I'm lucky, man. We got the customers, and I got the group of guys, and and we have all the equipment. I mean, we pretty much don't need any equipment, and uh, and we have we have fun. It's a lot of damn work. I tell you, I'm 50 now, so it's just. And I'm, I'm, when I say 10 guys, I'm one of the 10. I don't do any office work. I'm, I'm out in the shop every day and, and all that. And uh, my hobbies are just chasing my kids around in sports. That It's either that or, or here. So nothing else. Yeah, man. There's nothing wrong with that. So how do people see more about you, about everything you're doing? Where do they find you socially? How, how do they connect up with what you're doing? Well, ratrides.com is our website. You know, and we don't do a very good job with it because a lot of our customers are private. So we don't, we don't follow up very well, but can get on there and um, uh, we're doing a little show there, Finding Fast. It's on the Amazon show. We've got, I think, five episodes left and uh, we'll see where that takes us. And uh, I like the format of it. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of easy going the way we're doing it and uh, shows people just a different approach of building cars. And uh, hopefully we can build on that and make it better as we go. Troy Trapania, you guys, make sure you go find his stuff, man. He is incredible. And don't forget about our show here at Weekends on Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand, which is a great way to get us. Uh, thanks to our boy, Kevin Bird, Troy Trapania, our producer, Scoop, and executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us. We're on social. We're everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, the Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright 2020 Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. That's ours. Yeah, man. Share yeah. it. Don't steal it. I let Troy have it, though. I'd be like, here you go, cuz. What do you want to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll trade you for something. Yeah, man. Yeah, we got it, something. We'll find something in here. Yeah, put your spin on it, man. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah, amen, brother. <laughs> uh, right on, you guys. We'll see you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. See you, guys.
Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more podcasts, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.